Working from home has become the norm for many people this year. For some of us, we may not even return to the office until 2021, especially as a possible vaccine remains elusive. So when it comes to managing a company where all of its employees are working from home, how does a management team do that and what are the challenges? I spoke to NEY's Managing Director Adam Evans and General Manager Stephen Kulavendaz about what it's like handling this situation. I'm Annie Mae Forster and this is Any Talk. talk about working from home during the pandemic and the future of working from home. So I'll start with you, Adam. Have you seen any impact on productivity within the AnyWise team during the lockdown? And has it fluctuated during times where restrictions have eased and then gone back to harsher restrictions? Thanks for the question, anyway. Yes, it absolutely had an impact on our productivity and some quite surprising impacts on reflection. As Victoria went into its first lockdown some three months ago now, we made a commitment that we would treat all of our staff as if they were indeed sheltering from a pandemic at home with their family. And therefore, they would be able to do some work whenever they could. So we we made a real conscious and deliberate effort to reduce the number of internal reporting mechanisms, reduce the number of formal meetings, and really just provide an opportunity for particularly those with families to be with their families and perform that role. And then the work could keep up. So we we very much anticipated a, a significant reduction in productivity. And in the initial couple of weeks, we found, I call it productivity porn. Everywhere we looked on social media, people were baking, they were crafting, they were learning new skills, they were learning new languages, they were studying. It was just overwhelming the amount of extra stuff that people were doing. And I felt myself sheltering at home with my family that it created this expectation that we were supposed to be doing more. And I was sheltering home with a four-year-old and at the time solo dating because my wife was deployed with the United Nations. So I found that really built my anxiety. So we constantly checked in that is an anywise executive and then more broadly with the company. And what we found was overall our productivity as a company absolutely picked up. We were doing far more in parallel at a higher rate of completion that we had anticipated with a few outlying exceptions. Those people who were at home sheltering with family, particularly those that were homeschooling their kids in families where there were two parents also working, suffered greatly. The amount of competing priorities on those members was extraordinary. So, you know, overall, partly I think in response to this productivity porn, which was motivating everybody to do all of these superhuman things, the company did a lot more work. However, as I said, there were instances or isolated pockets of the company, particularly those with strong competing priorities at home, where that was not the case and we needed to mobilise additional effort to take work off them. In essence, cut them some slack, trying to be productive and protect the home and family. And Steve, have you seen similar things? Yeah, absolutely. 
So I think one of the things that surprised me the most was this. We went into it at the time, almost trying to lower expectations and certainly trying to say to everyone that don't feel compelled to hit those deadlines. Look at the current schedule of work that we have on and those targets and allow that to slip by a couple of months. That was fundamentally the message from the start. And what I think we saw was quite the opposite. There were deadlines and in fact, there was competing deadlines. People would naturally accelerate those and I'd see effort being done at bizarre times as well. We saw more effort being done perhaps in the after hours and less effort during the day, in particular for those with younger families at home. The daytime was more consumed with family time and people would log on in the after hours and there'd be significant progress. So in effect, we had almost this split shift occurring. And as a result, I think the productivity skyrocketed. So we had almost a, a day shift during the day and then people would come back the next day and see like what was work being done in the night hours. And then the effort would visually be significantly different the next morning. So I, I think I completely agree with Adam's assessment that our overall productivity went up despite us trying to lower the expectations. So do you think that staff prefer having this more flexible work schedule as opposed to before when they would usually be working during regular office hours, Steve? Yeah, interesting question. So I first self-reflect on that question and then think of the feedback that we got from the team as well. And certainly, I think it's difficult to assess this in the way we're working right now in what would be a perhaps normal, regular environment, because there is a pandemic out there. So people have challenging priorities and competing aspects when they're working as well. So there's certainly stream of news and the like. I think people enjoy the flexibility, getting back to your question. There's elements of it that I would suspect people would enjoy. There'd also be elements of it that would constrain individuals and almost compel individuals to want to return to a more regular routine and an office environment. So in particular, if I look at my own experiences, some of the challenges that I faced was being able to turn off. So if I'm engaged during the day trying to do work and also trying to tend to, I guess, my family, and then trying to log on again in the evening. In effect, it's been one really long duration of work with a bit of family intertwined in, in that as well. So that can make it seem and feel like it's a much longer duration and you're you're never really switching off work. So being aware of that is certainly key and something that I instilled in myself and was recommended for others as well to be aware and to almost force these triggers of switching off at certain times as well. So everyone isn't constantly engaged with work and also engaged with family and focusing on well-being and safety of, of others and thinking about the pandemic at the same time. Yeah, and I guess when you talk about the reasons why people want to go back to work, I guess one of those reasons would be the social aspect of seeing people face to face. And I'm sure both of you used to have been traveling quite a lot for work. So Adam, how often did you used to travel for work and do you miss it? I think I probably did miss it in the, some of the early stages. In the industry that we're in, particularly with the market that we service, there's been times where I've travelled every week for a year domestically and then internationally every quarter. So a lot of travel. In the month before the first lockdown, we spent $5,000 ahead on national travel and accommodation for our team, which ground to a halt pretty much overnight. So I think there are elements of the travel and that lifestyle that are attractive, intoxicating for some, but it's certainly not a healthy lifestyle. It's nowhere near a productive or sustainable way of doing business, and it's terrible for the planet. And 
Therefore, it's bad for the rest of us. That much time away from home, that much time away from the community. And even though we, as humans, fill that gap with the proximity of clients and suppliers and industry events and all of these meetings, it's never the same. And nor should we try to reinforce any workplace that allows that to continue or restart. Picking up on Steve's point about this balance between home and work, it's a very difficult balance to achieve under normal circumstances when we're pushed to incentivize self-actualization and self-esteem, you know, the very top of Maslow's hierarchy. And we judge ourselves against the suits that we're wearing and the, the job that we're doing and the money that we're earning and the things that we are buying. And we assume away these other competing priorities around physiological needs, food, safety needs like shelter and protection, and then love and belonging, the rewards of family and community. So yeah, when something like a pandemic happens, we're forced to reevaluate that. Now, as a company, we said, we're going to protect the staff. That's our goal. Do that, which I think led to some of that additional productivity that we've spoken about previously, because people were no longer going to the airport and catching a plane and going through security and going to a hotel and then going to meetings. They were actually much more efficient with their use of time, much more effective with the time that they were using. But I think it made it very difficult to draw that line between work and life or home and work. And in fact, we commented a number of times that we would have formal video conference meetings. And like everybody else on the planet, over the last three months, kids would be in the background or there'd be commentary about what was in the background of people's houses in a business meeting. So if we effortlessly slide between work and home, it can be a real challenge to force that separation. I don't think we've done a superior job of achieving that balance yet. I think it's something that's going to take patience and discipline and a lot of both. And we're relying on technology, I think, to start to draw some of that wedge between home and work. Things like mobile devices now having two different profiles. So you are either operating in your home profile, checking Facebook or writing the shopping list at home or helping with childcare or homeschooling, or quite separately, deliberately across a digital air gap, you're in a working environment where you're able to check your emails and work on documents together or manage that project. But certainly as a dad, um, and also as a managing director of uh, our company, I, I'm still not comfortable that we've achieved that balance correctly. And I think it's something that we'll need to continue to review and refine, particularly over this next more aggressive lockdown period that we're entering now. Yeah, I think it's interesting what you said about people's priorities changing, especially during this time when your family's health and well-being comes before everything else. In the future, when people do start returning to work, do you think that they'll be handled or approached in a, in a different way, Adam? Uh, absolutely. You know, I think there are industries and some of our clients resident in some of those industries that are typically risk averse, very slow moving, reluctant to adopt change, who because of necessity or which because of necessity over the last six months have been forced to adopt an agile, distributed, digitally enabled workforce. That is the greatest technological evolution of the workplace in, I don't know, it would be decades, if not centuries. There will be a rush back to the old way of doing work. I have no doubt about that, but I firmly believe those companies that are going to be most successful in the rebound or that adopting the future of work and seizing and 
making real sustainable change, not just to their bottom line or to their own internal innovation or their productivity, but indeed for industries, the economy and for the planet will be those that move faster, that are more connected and more able to balance that those competing priorities. So are able to identify when the right time to focus effort and move is and when the right time to relax that effort and breathe. And this is the way that we talk about our company. We talk about this company as an organism that changes shape and adapts to different priority focus areas and then cuts itself some slack as if it were a living person. I think more and more so, that's the kind of company that I truly believe is going to be more successful than those extremely large global corporations with thousands of shareholders constraining their ability to adapt. Not so much in the Darwin terms, survival of the fittest, but absolutely survival of those that are most fit to adapt. And that that means agile companies full of T-shaped people. Talking about going back to the office, so Steve, is that something the AnyWise management team has spoken about? In what kind of capacity would AnyWise employees be going back to the office? Yeah, good question. It's certainly a topic that we've discussed until there is a vaccine and we don't have any transmission of COVID-19 in in the community, I can't see any of us willingly say we need to be back in the office unless there is some extraordinary reason for us to do something like that. Certainly thinking beyond that and what does the future look like, I think we certainly value an office space and I don't think we'd be talking about continuing in asking people to continue working from home. This is well beyond the virus is something for the history books. I think it's something that will be a balance. So there will certainly be an office space and there'll certainly be the ability for people to continue to work from the office and come together and interact and get those social benefits. And not too dissimilar from the way we were operating and our flexible work policies is you only need to be there for your own benefit or for the team benefit. There's no mandate to go into the office and be present in the office all the time. So embracing, I guess, flexible work arrangements, continuing to do that, whether that is from people's lounge rooms or home office, or that's in a collective office where we all meet, then that's certainly some of the policies that we've been talking about. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Adam and Steve, for talking today about working from home. Thank you, anyway. Pleasure. That's all from us today. Thank you for listening and make sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram, or check out our website at anywise.com.au. Until next time, I'm Annie Mae Forster and this is Any Talk.